You are now listening to Well, Well, Filling Out. Oh my, oh my God, did she just murder him? <laughs> oh no, his pussiness. Misandry. <laughs> yes, Misandry. Oh, poor man. Ladies, serial killers are the best. Well, she's never going to get that stain out. Nothing says it's over like running over your ass. It had to be a woman. It had to have been a woman. Are you wearing it? Wait, how big were her breasts? <laughs> hey, 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 y'all. The year was 2020. And Geraldine saw her love. <laughs> it was magic at first sight, first glance. It was her gentleman caller, her own mother's gentleman caller. Who knew that Geraldine had a Russian Santa Claus kink? Not us! Not, Not us. until this fucking episode, guys. That's why this old-ass vintage song from Cap Calloway is on. What's buzzing, cousin? What's buzzing, cousin? This is Geraldine, when she arrives at Constantine's place next episode. I mean, I get that I am calling him Big Dad Now it's taking chicken. It's a little ridiculous. What's fitting, kitten? This How about am I out? Am I in? This is what Geraldine wants to know. She's like, Constantine, am I out or am I in? And I just, it's a lot of jokes. A lot of you guys have sent us questions like, what do y'all think about Geraldine and Constantine? Will you use? I wasn't thinking about it, but now I got to. And I don't want to. What's What's I can't. I don't want my more or less. Don't want to. What's buzzing, cousin? Oh, baby, what goes with you? It's not enough scenes. Did you see the outfit Jody was wearing? The outfit she was wearing is evocative of this time period, okay? What's so classy, Chassie? Like, you have a fixer, aren't you, Constantine? These lyrics, oh, Lord. What I need is just an escape. An escape patch. An escape button. A fire button. Oh, actual fire. Set the room on fire. Can, can we set the room on fire? Did you hear that, that line that's like, ask your mother to hold your tongue? She had a fellow when she was young. That's Carolyn. That's kind of why this vintage Diddy jumped out. This is like the reverse graduate. Like, I'm something. Oh, it is the reverse graduate. And it is. I said, who asked for this content? Who said, you know what we're missing? A Constantine love seat. A Constantine seduction seat. Are people waiting for villainy or are they waiting for Gerald Tin? What is the name of this ship, you guys? Gerald Constantine. Constantine. Gerald Tin. I don't know. That sounds too similar to like your actual name. I like the Constantine. It doesn't really flow off the tongue, but I mean, it's something. I'd rather call the ship the Titanic and just let it sink. Let it sink. But the Titanic had a little bit of love and a little bit of love. Oh. And so that's, that's too much. Wish it the fate of an unknown sunken pirate ship because no one ultimately cares about that pirate ship it's at the bottom of the ocean floor and that's where it will remain why 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 are we doing this why are we going here of all places here here in the penultimate episode here is where we want to go i just want to know what about constantine in his loosely fitting outfit at the funeral said to geraldine daddy but like in that kinky way and not just the incestuous way because i feel like we are getting game of thrones slayers that i didn't ask for it feels incestuous hence the title of the song that i chose by cab what's calloway buzzing, what's buzzing cousin buzzing. there are some lines there that are getting blurred friends they're getting blurred in ways that i don't know if i'm fully comfortable with i said this is why we brought jimmy whalen to the show this is why i mean y'all can hope for a dark geraldine if y'all want to i mean i could get careless at this point i mean it'd be whatever she gonna pop out the dark like paul did like i don't i don't i i mean i'm used out when it comes to these extras when it comes to the extras i'm used out 
I have not to be used. It's almost like the queen's But wee. technically, she's not an extra. She is a guest. Mm, a guest. She is a guest. A guest so star. You know what? So then or tempor- actually, not even a guest star. She's like a temporary cast member. So then I'll have. You know, she was added. We read articles. Temporary cast member. I could do. Okay. I'll look at her in that light and give her. Well, you don't have a choice worthy. to muse, sir, because we got <laughs> several requests about musing. So that is going to be what's happening, whether you like it or not. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that Geraldine and Constantine and their love, their hidden, forbidden love that they've been working on, evidently, these past five episodes that we have not been. Privy to. We, have not, we have not seen it. We have it. not known. I mean, it was in front of us the entire time. I mean, he was a boy and, and she was a girl. Could they have made it any more obvious? <laughs> uh, no, because you actually left out the part where like he was a much older boy and oh, she yeah. was a younger girl because that's truly the patriarchy. That's truly what they've given us in media time and time again. They said, hey, look at this man. He's over 50. Look at this lady. She's barely 30. Aren't they a great couple? And so I'm just, I guess what I'm trying to figure out for Geraldine and we will get there in the muses is how does hell, literally what I said before, she went to the funeral. Mm-hmm. She seen a man that she remembered from childhood and she was like, you know what I need to do? Hop on that fucking knob. I mean, that's I, a weird reaction someone to Explain the heterosexual tendencies to me because maybe right. I just missed this right. in orientation <laughs> at school because I didn't go to yeah. heterosexual het, het orientation. orientation. Yeah, I don't think I, yeah, sorry. Life forces that upon me anyway, like literally by just existing in society. So I don't think I should have to be forced to take extra goddamn classes. So I already know what music she be blasting when Carolyn leaves the house for her early morning runs and meetings. She'd be listening to that. I'm in love with a man nearly twice my age. <laughs> oh, God. I really <sighs> thought that Constantine was trolling when he told Carolyn she tried to kiss me. I believe I said that in the recap. And then later in the snack, I was like, Phew. I didn't even take time to consider it because it felt so absurd. So absurd. And my gosh, my gosh, how far we've come from musing. Is Geraldine a gay? Is she a big gay mo? Is she hiding a girlfriend from her mother in the closet? In the closet. Maybe some of you have experiences right. hiding your jaunts in the closet. I do when your parents come home. But no, that's not what it was. That's not what it was. <laughs> we have been given the spoiler and... Actually, when we, I don't know if you could flash back to way back when in the beginning of the series, we mm-hmm. were just getting the season and we saw, we were musing about Gemma Whalen and we saw her in that dress because that, that scene mm-hmm. was early. It was given to us early. It was. And we said then, we said then, why does she look like that? And why is her hair up like something a, a mom would do when she's trying to have the weekly date that she schedules with her husband and that's what she wears and that's, that's what, what she does. Like. And if they're going to try to say that Geraldine is out here trying to get closer to her mom by getting closer to one of her mom's fucks, I just, where they do that at? I mean, if that is what's happening, then that means that she did not accept the response that uh, Carolyn gave her when they were making that, uh, when she was making her uh, dinner and then resigned to let Geraldine cook her wonky vegetable soup. Like, that means that when she told her why there's this divide, that Jardine could not accept that as an answer, regardless for how true it Oh, is read. that how you take it? Lord. I mean, I know I said that I felt like Geraldine, at least in my mind for right now, she called Constantine right after she had that situation, <laughs> especially if they fucking. And I'm just like, Constantine, Constantine, if you fuck this bitch, if y'all had a sexual jaunt, a horizontal mumbo, Carolyn got to take him out the paint. And Carolyn got to take wait. him out the fucking paint. And then you would just wait a minute. Oh my Cuba. God. Wait a minute. Oh my God. No, 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 no. Light bulb. Light bulb. Remember that movie? Remember that movie? Just think for a second. Jack Nicholson. 
Diane okay, Keaton. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, yes. Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that girl mm-hmm. who's married to one of the Davids, the D&Ds for Game of Thrones. I'm forgetting her name, but she's co-executive producing that show with Sandra Oh. Oh, oh. Mm. Amanda Peet. Right, so Amanda Peet is in this film, and that is the plot. That is literally the plot. In the film, Amanda Peet's character is the daughter of Diane Keaton, and she is banging... She is banging Jack Nicholson and her mom with reasons that make total sense. Is like, wow, this is fucking weird. I wish this wasn't happening. And I believe he injures himself. He gets some sort of fucking injury. And he has to end up staying at the mother's house while the daughter goes and does something, life, work, whatever. And while they're stuck in the house together, initially hate each other because the mother's like, look at you, old as shit. You're my age and you're here fucking with my daughter. And then they fall in love. And it's a whole thing. And then eventually I feel like Diane Keaton has a thing with Keanu Reeves who is also there. He plays like a doctor or something. Right. He's into the older oh, ladies, which is a smart move. I mean, But I just, it's the whole it's the whole premise it's the whole premise that's Geraldine Geraldine is Amanda Peet from this film except it's worse it's in reverse <laughs> it's in reverse why well, I guess. who said you know what I'm gonna do in series three I'm gonna give a love scene and it's going to be to Constantine and Geraldine I will show these I, watchers I think someone how sexy daddy Constantine is they saw an old musing they was like oh he was so close because I definitely was like is she gonna be the husband Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, I don't know what is happening here, but we will certainly muse later, guys. But we felt it was only appropriate to open with the most absurd, absurd opening we could think of with that vintage ditty. What's buzzing, cousin? What's buzzing, cousin? From the Great Depression era, which considering our life right now, relevant in the Rona, and also right? as Killing Eve watchers and fans who are very, very unsure about the watches we're walking into. Like, we're excited. We're excited. But we could be like those people who are just smiling excitedly as they step into the quicksand, as they oh, literally no. enter the fire. Oh, no. But at least you enter with your mind right. At least we could say that. At least we can go to our end, our demise, with optimism. And I guess not everyone can say that. That is true. Lord. So what we're going to do now? Uh, <laughs> Why? You don't I'm like... Not, oh. No, no. I, every time you transition, I feel like it's always an event. So I would just... Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> sorry <laughs> I'm trying to figure out so uh, <laughs> Lord alright this is going to make sense I know it is I know it is I believe in you alright so let's get this snack of soda rolling by starting <laughs> with our corrections alright yo it's the correction segment wow did we totally fuck that up did we I mean, I hope that did. did I think we did. We, yeah. And this is why we have snack episodes. All right there, Mr. Palastri. Why don't you kick it off with your corrections? I don't believe I have a single correction this week, as we said, but it could be because it probably is because I've neglected to find where I need to correct myself. But um, yes. I wanted to use the correction segment to highlight a missing, a deleted moment that I couldn't pull up while we were recording. I don't know if it was because of the birds or the sun or what have you, but the deleted moment that I was trying to pull, it just wasn't coming to mind. And it was, there was dialogue, wasn't much dialogue. And it was ultimately a scene that was taking place in the car ride that uh, Carolyn insisted that Constantine join her for where she was establishing a precedent where they have the mutual understanding that her memory is a iron trap like airtight like she doesn't forget things so 
it would have been a fun scene to have in the moment where when he tried to play like he didn't know what she was talking about she could have just been like you know this is your don't do that <laughs> ultimately don't do that what are you doing with my child what are your intentions but it was fun to still see Constantine try to think of where he possibly could have met Carolyn. He mistakenly said St. Petersburg, and she was quick to tell him, nope, it's not where it was. And he decided to cowl down and say, well, you know what you do Looks have like Constantine a- needs to take his ginkgo biloba. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does. But that's ultimately the correction I had on the floor. Okay. Actually, it turns out I do have a correction. That's what I get for speaking too fast. And this correction comes courtesy of Melanie, who sends in a message. She writes, hey, you guys, just want to clear something up for you. A couple of times you've mentioned Geraldine coming out of the bookies, Patty Power. She actually comes out of a news agent slash post office when Constantine bumps into her. It is Constantine himself who is standing outside Patty Power in an earlier scene when he is waiting for the car to turn up to get his next order. On a side note, it was really funny when you were reading the Jody article on The Last Snack and said, so British, calling 24 degrees Celsius really hot. We are positively sweltering. At the moment here in Britain, it is 23 degrees and it's only May. Hashtag heat wave. I guess it's a both of us correction because I think we were both referencing Constantine and Geraldine coming out of the Patty Power, but that is a simple mix up that we probably just like, oh, we saw Patty Power. We just assumed it was there. Okay, cool. So I guess Geraldine wasn't gambling. So that whole muse that we did then about oh, what right. is she doing betting money on? So I guess that was Constantine. And now I'm like, was he betting the money he stole? Were you trying to make more out of your embezzled money, Constantine? Let me just say that gambling is not the way to go. <laughs> Probably visit the stock market or get an IRA, right. something practical. And as for the latter half of the so British at 24 degrees Celsius, well, yes, indeed. I'm brought back to a friend of mine who is lovely, but very, very pale skin. And so when she gets into the sun, it is um, critical mass. And there was a moment some years ago at Pride where the sun was out there beating and she had a whole freak out in the crowd because the sun just appeared. But like for her, like the effects are almost immediate. And so, yeah, it was, it was, she was like, get me to the nearest Dwayne Reed, you motherfuckers, because holy shit. Anyway, so that was the end of my unexpected correction. Oof. Well, uh, on that tone, we will uh, look for more <laughs> things. On that tone, you don't like you don't like that. Uh... I love the tone transition. On that tone, yes. <laughs> on that tone, we'll look at more things we may have missed, but it will be in the revelation segment. Killing Eve revelations. <laughs> Yo, did that really just fucking happen? <laughs> I'm dead. Well, I guess for my first revelation, I can mention that uh, before getting run over by a car by (laughs) Alina, Madam... uh, Great jaunty way you said that. Madam, uh, as she was entering into her, you know, school, and she was stopped to be handed her lunch, and he said it was her favorite. He said it was peanut butter sandwich. He said it's peanut butter. So who knows if there was an extra or an additional spread. We may have quickly said PB&J, but who knows if there was J... Who knows what that J is? Could have been jam. Could have been jelly. Who knows? We don't know. And I guess that's uh, something that I guess got revealed. I'm not sure I fully understood that reveal, but I appreciate it. It's just, <laughs> I, yeah, peanut butter and jelly is an American pastime. I don't know how many non-Americans are with that. Quick question. Did you ever mix your peanut butter and jelly like into its own concoction and then spread that I... on your bread? was very into getting the two-in-one and mixing that heavily and then i realized that oh you actually better. got the two-in-one yeah 
See, I was the kid that made my own two-in-one because my mom was never about that gimmicky shit. She was like, if it's not healthy for you, you're not getting it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I got to make my own. And I did. And then what happened was I became so in love with my own recipe that by the time I actually was able to get a mixed thing, I thought it was disgusting. Right. You learn to realize that your brand of peanut butter and your brand of jelly is better than the two brands then, that they just threw in the Which is jar. the worst brands, I and feel like. The worst, worst brands. brands. All right. Well, okay. So let us move on to my first revelation here. Oh, which is just uh, the announcement, which I'm sure many of you are already aware of, considering the ads that we received the one day right after the live that we weren't really online and a bunch of people were like, hey, 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 did you see this? And yes, we did. That Variety, the Variety Streaming Room, will be hosting a Q&A with the Killing Eve team, specifically Sally Woodard Gentle, Jodie Comer, Sandra Oh, and Fiona Shaw on June 1st, following the series finale of Killing Eve. So very excited that that's going to be happening. And I'm sure it has a lot to do with how the fuck they leave us. That they're like, no, we need to talk to the fans right away. Right. And I just hope y'all on some fuck shit or the fuck shit that you guys are on is the fuck shit I would like you to be on. Because I know you're going to be blowing people's minds with that season finale. I don't know how many holes you're going to be able to fill, how many plot holes you're going to address. But I do know that whatever the vibe is they leave us on will be shocking a lot of people. Except Perhaps us villainy fans right. who have been with our eyes on the prize since series one. I just need one. to know how many layers of foundation I need to wear before this. Layers live. of foundation. I mean, am I going to be complete clown makeup contour? Like, I just need to know. If, oh, potentially. If, like, potentially that will be a thing. Oh, yeah. Also, quick mention for those of you who aren't following me on the Twitter. Apologies uh, that the recap was posted a couple days later than usual, but I had a situation go down with my smallest pop, my chihuahua, Cupid, who has injured his back. And he was already very high maintenance where I feel like all my animals are high maintenance. But now that he is injured, it's just, it's like something else entirely. And, you know, seeing a vet in these times is... Close to impossible. Yes, indeed. And so it's just me doing my best with the stuff and meds and things I can do. And I actually have... I feel like I know this is probably Gentleman Jack Crack, where I've mentioned my misandrist animals, but my girl animals, Dalmatian and a kitty, they are true misandrist. And my dog, my girl dog has this thing. I was telling Terrence earlier that when she sees an injured small thing that is furry, something awakens within her. And I call it the dog misandry where she's just like, get it, get it, fucking make it pay. And so now that my little dog and they already had some energy for each other, now that he is injured and crying, Ever so often, every time that happens and he yells, she is ready to jaunt off with her misandry. And I'm just like, God, can you fucking chill? But at the same time, can I be mad <laughs> that my lady, my girl, furries are misandrous? No, I can't. You know what? I I can understand the energy. <laughs> ultimately, people should hear me like trying to read them to filth because ultimately I read myself because I get pissed at them for their misandry behavior. But then I'm like, Candace, this is what you want. I'm actually Eve and Villanelle. That's me and my animals. This is what you wanted. This is what you wanted. So, okay. So sorry for that delay, guys. But for those of you that reached out, I'm like, hey, it's okay. I actually had plenty of the snack to listen to. Great, 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 great. Uh, we reminded you guys last week about the AMA that was taking place. Actually, in the late snack, we reminded you again uh, with uh, Owen McDonald on the Reddit verse. And um, the link will be in the show notes. You can go and check out the long thread. It was a lot of fun. A lot of people with familiar tags participated. Um, I'm just going to pick like five of my uh, favorite questions and answer combos. Did you get a question answered? Why don't you leave with that? 
Oh, I, did I get a question? I mean, I did, but is it in my top? You know what? I can throw it in there. I feel well, like you have to throw it in because you asked it. Even if it's not in your top, again, that's you reading yourself to filth what? once again. So you're like, no. it's not my top five, but I asked it. <laughs> right, right. I can't with you. I'm upset no one got the toes question in, but I suppose. I mean, I tried. It was. I, I know you tried. I know you tried, and that's what matters. Right. I don't I'm, have my answers about how many toes he nibbled upon, but I'm glad you tried at least three, right? At least three, Owen. Just oh. let us know. Oh man, just move the move the mustache to the left if we're right, okay? So I'll lead off with the question I asked, and it was, "Hi, Owen. A bit random, but whatever happened to that chicken back in series one? Do you suppose it was released or was it consumed?" In Owen's response, I asked the same question as soon as we filmed in the same garden. <laughs> I said, where's Drumstick? Where's Where the chicken? Where is Drumstick? And that's, by the way, a fucked up name. Yeah, yeah. Really? <laughs> drumstick? That's like Destiny naming your pet fulfilled. pig bacon. Right. Why would you do it? <laughs> Darkness. <laughs> he says, I think he might have gotten eaten. I don't think Nico is into waste. Probably there was an <laughs> issue with laying or an injury, and Nico would have done the humane thing and put Drumstick out of her misery oh, and probably broiled her. So... Wow. So Dark Nico rising. I mean, what's going on? Waste not, whatnot. I can't. I can't. I can't. Here we are. Uh, and now for my favorites. <laughs> the question reads, hey, King, hope you're doing well, smiley face. This isn't so much a question as it is a plot idea I wanted to get your opinion on. Mm. I'm thinking in series four, the 12 recruit Nico as their newest assassin. They want to take Villanelle out. And know that Nico has enough reasons to hate her and will happily do the job for them. Plus, since he can't really speak anymore, that gives him an added layer of stealth. He easily becomes their best assassin. Halfway through the season, Nico succeeds at killing Villanelle. However, that kill leads him on a warpath. He wants to murder everyone who's ever done him wrong. His next target is obviously his wife. <laughs> By the end of the season, he's murdered absolutely everyone. Wow. The 12 make them their new leader. They worship him as they should. I feel like this what are your thoughts? is on brand for something a lister would say. Just, I don't know. Stay safe, King. And <laughs> Yo, y'all, Nico Hive, y'all too much. Too much. And the response reads, I was with you up to the point where he kills Villanelle. I was like, this is great. We need to send this to the producers straight away before they start making too many plans for Series 4. After that, he's had a lot of psychological trauma, so he could be pretty unstable. Personally, I don't see him as a rampage type of person. I think one kill would probably do him. One piece of revenge would probably be enough. Mm. I don't feel like he would take the whole world with him. And I don't think the 12 is like a fan club either, where they just go, <laughs> you're well, awesome at killing people. You can be our leader. But very interesting theory. Send it down the chain. Write a letter to Sally Woodward Jensen. You know, he's open to it. He's like, these hoes might be open to it too. Ah. I'm glad that Owen likes to think out of the box for his characterization. Oh, yeah. The next one I selected. Hello, Owen. Thanks for doing this, and I hope you're doing great due to the pandemic. What did Nico's father, if I wasn't mistaken, mean when Eve visited him at the hospital? Does he know what Eve was into before becoming an MI5 agent and Nico didn't? Cheers, Owen. And the response was, no, I think the line was, when I first met you, I thought you were trouble. And he means that when they started going out 12 years previously, that he didn't like her, that he just didn't like her. I think mainly because she was a woman and Nico's father is a terrible misogynist. 
She was an independent-minded, wow. thinking woman who spoke her mind, an American who was happy to say what she thought and engage with him and disagree with him. All those reasons. I think he just did not like her because she's a woman who can talk and doesn't necessarily feel like she has to agree with him. So when you think of all the layers here, he's an older generation, probably uh if Nico, did, was he born in Poland? They, they don't really say if he's British with Poland like ancestry. But I, thought they said, father, I thought he said in that other interview that in terms of him creating the backstory with Sandra Owen stuff that they his family immigrated. Like they immigrated so right. I thought that either he was born in the UK or would have been like two or three tops. So, so if he's first gen removed from Poland, his family is definitely old school to the point where I guess women just sit up and, and grin and cook. And, oh, and, okay, but you know, doesn't that actually depend on the specific cultural realities of Poland? I don't know that I know enough about what the matriarchs are like there to make such an, a statement, but I, from what I just glossing over, what I know abstractly in traveling, I feel like Eastern European bitches are harder, like they're tougher, like just especially because everything from the economy to all kinds of stuff isn't the same in other parts okay. of Europe that I almost feel like the at home wilting wallflower is the opposite of what I might expect from a Polish woman. But that could also be me projecting. But I feel like when you're still working with your hands and you're working with the land and some of the stuff we saw, even just from Nico's thing where his babushka like had the pig pen and she was doing stuff that I would almost say that I wouldn't expect that, but that it could just be me projecting nonsense onto Poland. But I hope that's not what that means. Cause I'm like, I feel like those bitches be working hard. I and mean, countries where the economy is smaller, don't the women always work hard? I would think, right? Harder. And I wonder how much of her being a minority also played into the fact that his father didn't like her because she's not Polish. Oh, wow. We so, going into the, the bigotries? Right. I, I, well, see, I, I hadn't thought it... about bigotries because I would prefer to believe and hope that Eve would marry into a family mm -hmm. easily that had such bigotries. Because then if you say that it's bigoted stuff, then that makes Nico's stance with his with his pappy there, more annoying, especially if there's bigotry there. I took it from the fact that, like I said, he's a small town boy. He came from a family that was like small town, simple, and everything about Eve Palastri working at MI5. Oh, that's a mini correction, because I said working at MI6, but she was still at MI5. To me, that's out of your league, bro. The fact that you even got her to talk to you right. at whatever bridge right. thing you guys were at is incredible. And so everyone else was just trying to warn his ass and be like, no, 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 it's not going to last. No, it's not going to last. I don't know why she wants to, I don't even know the word is, bide her time with you. And I know Owen said, oh, Sandra and I, we did this whole backstory and they used to be in love and whatever. Right. And they just fell out of sync one moment. And I think he was totally in love. I just don't think Eve was ever really, really committed to Nico. Yeah, it was just interesting. And then the fact that she always called if that was supposed to be his father, she didn't say like pop in law or whatever. She said Masiek. Like she said this name. You know, that's really rich coming from you. same way she referred to Jamie's kids as dependents. Like if you don't have any emotion <laughs> attached to it, then no emotion. Right. Well, hopefully we don't need to see that guy again. Hopefully he's done. And hopefully he's not a bigot because that was a lot of layers. And I thought when I was watching Eve interact, I was like, she's going through like two, three different personalities in this scene. And hopefully that was her just being her standing up for herself against him. Or at least that's just, I guess, a part of a way that you could look at that scene. Um, oh, this is another one of my favorites. Uh, the question read... Do you think Nico has it in him to kill? And would he kill Eve or Villanelle? The response. Uh, we discussed this quite a lot in series two. 
And when he has that scene, when he comes back from Oxford and <laughs> with Eve and he's, t- he's talking about whether she wants him to frighten her or whether she wants him to love her. Mm. I think he has come from a house where there was an abusive father in the house and he spent his whole life consciously trying not to be that person. And then there's been an effort. Uh, so to be the affable kind of I'm okay guy. He needed to make a conscious decision to reject that darkness and Eve. In that scene, she was kind of asking him to go there. And that's why he leaves, because he's not comfortable going down that road and he's afraid of what path it'll lead down. Whether he would kill Eve, I don't think so. Whether he could kill Villanelle. He couldn't if he I tried. I wouldn't fancy his chances, but he might Definitely give it a not. go. So he's over here talking about Dark Nico. Like, good for him. <laughs> I say muse, Owen muse. Nico could go very dark after this last experience with Eve. And then again, Why he not? brought up like he's the, not uh, dead. He brought up abusive parent, and so like he's trying to paint the picture of like. I already said, obviously, him and Sandra O oh got on together because they seem to be the same kind of thespian that needs to write and have all these details about what else is happening in order to feel as authentic as they can to the thing. And so he's clearly like that. He's like, no, no, I have written a mini novella. And Nico Palastri, his beginnings, his origin story, and where he's headed in life. And I say, yay. And to round out my favorites, uh, again, there there are a lot of gems there. So if you want to go and follow the link in the description below, you can go ahead and do that. Um, This question reads, what is something you have learned from Sandra O? And his response, work incredibly hard and always question what's on the page Ooh. she never goes into any scene without having a complete certainty about what each line means and what it actually says not to say that doesn't change when we're working together and being directed but she thinks everything through to the nth degree and i think that's a very valuable lesson for any actor she doesn't rely on anything mm-hmm. extraneous she really works the script uh, she really interrogates. The, she really interrogates the script harder than anyone I've ever worked with. I think it really shows in the performance that the smallest gesture or look can be so loaded. I suppose it's the interrogation of the script and what you're working on and the commitment to it. She never comes in and goes, "Well, it's only a two-line scene, so today it's easy." Everything gets the same amount of work and commitment. Wow. I mean, that's just, he's echoing what we certainly read in that last El Canada interview where Shonda Rhimes was letting some nuggets drop about working with Sandra O. Oh, and just what I've heard and known since I've been following Miss O since I was in Bladen High School. So I'm just happy to see that the bitch has continued right? to get better with age like a fine wine, which does not surprise me at all. Fantastic. Thanks, Owen for providing an entertaining and informative AMA on Reddit. Oh my God, that's another actual correction that I didn't say because I just remembered that I was saying RMA instead of AMA. And that was coming from many, many moons ago when I was a wee child still like fixing tech stuff because it was easy and like that was a term for like a thing, RMA. And I'm like, that's where that's coming from. Mm. But it's a, because I was like, why do I keep saying that? Why do I want to say that? That's why. So not... RMA, AMA. Okay, so my next revelation here is a quick article from GMA News Online. Evidently, they're your news authority. And I say, really? Because I've never heard of you before I clicked this link, but all right. And the title of this article is Colin Farrell, Anna Kendrick, and Jodie Comer on Life, Love, Sex Toys, and COVID-19. I'm sure a number of you were like, who is talking about sex toys? Now, for those of you who thought it could have been Jodie Comer, slow down. The minute you saw Anna Kendrick's name, you should have known if anyone in this group was going to be talking about sex toys, it would have been Anna. 
And no surprise here, that's exactly who was talking about sex toys. Not just because it's her, and that's the kind of awesome shit she talks about, also relevant to the project she was working on. But for us, let us take a moment to feast upon Jody's answers in this article. Okay, so the first question is, based on the show Killing Eve, is there a defining moment for you as a person that gave you confidence or that helped define who you are today? And she answers, I think it would be so hard to bring it down to one moment, but I think my relationship with my parents. They've always made sure that the choices I've made have been my own. And even starting out acting at such a young age, I remember I left my first agent, which was a fairly local small agency, to sign with Independent in London. And my dad said, well, you know where the phone is. I think I was about 16. So I think that has enabled me to always be very clear in my mind opinions. That is probably what has defined me most within my life. Definitely. Next question was that feeling of being empowered, something that was instilled from a really young age. And Jody replies, yeah, and I think my sense of independence. I think I've always been independent, and that was also down to their encouragement. They've always been there to listen, but have never ever been the ones to make a decision. The ball's always been in my court when decisions need to be made. So yeah, I think they've given me a real sense of independence and empowerment. Next question, talk about your friendship with Sandra O, oh, whom you've worked with for several seasons now. And Jody replies, Sandra's been there for me from day one since I met her in my initial audition. She really took me under her wing. And I think that continues to grow each season as we become more involved in these characters and this experience. It's something that I know Sandra and I are greatly passionate about and care about. So, of course, we spend very little time together on screen and therefore are not really on set at the same time either. But she is so wonderful. And yeah, she's always checking in on me and seeing how things are, even when we're not filming. I really appreciate that. Next question. You always have amazing clothes in the show. <laughs> Do you manage to get some of them yourself? Jody gets this question so many times, I wish people would research. She replies, I try my very best and I don't always succeed. <laughs> Sometimes they let me buy a couple things like 50% off, a costume sale. Oh, well, that's a that's a great discount, actually. Agreed. That's fucking amazing. But honestly, they like to keep a hold of them. Now, just obviously in case in season two, we picked up immediately after. Season two to three was six months, so we just don't know all the time when we're going to pick up in the story. In a sense, though, I feel like that just applies to shoes because I can't think of a single clothing item that they've had Jody repeat on the show, actually. I mean, there's been things that compare to what she's worn before, but I've actually not seen a repeat outside of potential shoes. But yeah, she continues. So sometimes I'll go back and they'll give me more of what I asked for because they don't need it anymore. But honestly, sometimes a lot of the clothes feel too connected to Villanelle. So I always feel really strange walking around the street in them. So if I ever do take anything, it's usually shoes or maybe something that wasn't necessarily seen on camera. Otherwise, I think it would feel really strange for me. That makes sense. And shout out to those boots we saw her in at New York Comic Con right. because she definitely wore those in series two with the red laces. Next question. Can you tease anything on the finale of Killing Eve? She answers, what I love about this season is it's completely different to the previous two. We constantly see even Villanelle at loggerheads and coming at each other from a very aggressive. They've both been hurt tremendously in different ways. So they're always at this standoff. And these women throughout the series experience things in their personal life that strangely somehow bring them together at the end. And it's weirdly cathartic. And we see them interact in ways in which we've never seen them interact before. So yeah, season one, Eve stabs Villanelle. Season two, Villanelle shot Eve back. Season three is not what people are expecting. I would imagine that people are expecting the same kind of thing because these women seemingly can't live alongside each other. So it was really kind of beautiful and moving, actually, when I watched the final episode. So I hope people enjoy where we've taken it. Well, that is promising. <laughs> That's very promising. That's very promising. That's very promising to us clowns. Us clowns. It's very, very, very promising. I, maybe I should not get my hopes up until we are up to this episode. Speak for yourself. My hopes is up. I'm back to the full clownery and feral bullshit. I had my dip. I had my moment. 
in which I was concerned and I still am concerned about like Eve's development, but I can try to chill for series four, especially because I've enjoyed all of what Laura has shown us thus far this season for how she's been writing for the characters that as long as my trajectory of dark Eve rising, as long as my trajectory of Eve hurting someone, killing someone, taking someone out the paint and choosing her darkness for once, instead of blaming other people or falling into it, instinctually, which is generally what she does. She's following her instincts and the, her instincts are always dark as fuck and on top of sapphic as fuck. If we can exit the season with those things intact and with Villain Eve headed towards where I want them to head, which is on the run together, perhaps with Carolyn as the one unifying handler, I don't know, then I can be okay and then advocate, hopefully, in some sense of the word, for Laura to be like, uh, <clears throat> you could just give Sandra O oh, a few more lines if that's okay, because as you see, she has killed every single scene. And I guess for Sandra O's oh, Eve, we can say that none of her scenes were superfluous this season. Like we can't cut a single Eve line because everything is important and everything has been packed and charged. But if I can get what is going to lead to the development I want in series four, I can ultimately, ultimately move on and look for improvements when it comes to individual characterization. Maybe they felt like they needed to spend all this extra time on Villanelle because so many people, given all the snacks we had last year of, oh, she's a psychopath, oh, she can't fail, oh, there's no way she oh, really right. cares for Eve because she is a straight up psychopath or sociopath. And we spent so much time arguing about that. We were planning to bring our expert in here. We never got around to doing that, but that was a lot of the stuff. And so perhaps, Suzanne and the others on the writing team felt like they really had to spend a decent amount of time convincing the audience that didn't already believe Philanel had feelings that right. she does so that when she and Eve reunite, those people will understand it better versus those of us who saw the, the tear hovering in series one. And we were like, the bitch has feelings. You can't tell me otherwise, but all right. So that was, that was a great answer. And we have two more here. Have you learned any new skills while staying at home during these times? And she responds, oh my God. Well, I've perfected my victorious sponge cake. Oh, well, that's better than Villanelle already. Mm -hmm. I feel like the whole world has turned to baking in the middle of this crisis. No, no, they haven't. I I can say that I <laughs> I uh, haven't baked a single thing. That's not true. I bake some cookies. But other than that, I can't say I've been particularly creative at all, actually. That's something I can see people asking, how people are staying creative. But honestly, I've just been catching up on shows and films I haven't watched, reading a little bit more, and just catching up on those things that I love. And honestly, I'm making the most of my family time. I wish I could give you an impressive skill, but Victoria's sponge cake will have to do, I'm afraid. Final question, how are you keeping your sanity during this lockdown and self-isolation? She says, mostly just kind of trying not to stress too much. I feel like when things are out of your hands, you just have to try and surrender to it. In all honesty, my family are healthy and I feel as though I cannot complain. I've been told to stay in my house and spend time with my family who I see a lot less now. So I'm finding a lot of sanity in just being here with them and not living out of a suitcase. Oh, I see what she did there. Living out of a suitcase. Random callback to series one. I mean, that's what you did. I don't know if Jody had that in her mind when she said that. Because according to her, she leaves Villanelle behind when she leaves that, which is honestly for the best as a creative that you don't take your character's baggage home with you so it doesn't affect your actual life. But yeah, I mean, good, great. That quarantine is working out for her. Right. And that she doesn't have any sick family members because I done, I have stopped counting at how many people I know from really, really well, really, really well, like we're related, we share blood, or like we went to school together or work together to associates. Friends of friends, people you hang out with that one time, you went to that party together, and them having COVID. So I just, when I hear about people who haven't been touched by it at all, I'm just like, wow, stay in that little special right. bubble, just please. Stay, that stay blessed, there, right. don't go outside, don't stay do it. Stay that antisocial, stay something, because I mean, 
Right. Everything was, at first, it was a three-degree circle of separation, and then it was two, and now it's one. So It's one. One or none. One or none. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm always mystified and happy that there are people on the planet who literally have not been touched by COVID at all. At all. They're just home, and they're eating their snacks and baking stuff, and they're like, hey, man. I'm not depressed. I'm depressed existentially because of what's happening in the world, but not because I just lost someone. Not not because of that. So great. Or like we said, the paranoia in New York of just like COVID literally in the sewers. <laughs> I make jokes right. all the time about how like COVID is becoming some sort of mutant monster that you could make a horror film about and watch someone do it. Like, I mean, they should. If COVID just stated in the sewers, in New York City sewers, what might that thing look like? I think something it would create to scare the children. So It's like the return of like the blob. Listen, if you guys see that film, just know Candace said it first. If you see someone right. making a COVID blob film, just know that it was here. Okay. But Swap yeah, that thing. is the... <laughs> uh, what they call it, sewer thing. Right, sewer thing. Oh my gosh. Maybe we should do it. Just for shits and giggles. Okay, so yeah, that was the end of that article from GMA News Online. Uh, there are some pretty entertaining answers from Anna Kendrick if you care about her and give a fuck <laughs> about just her, her projects, or what she thinks about sex toys. But for Jody, that was pretty insightful, in particular what she feels about the season finale, which is sort of echoing that last article we read in The Last Snack, where she was just kind of like, I don't know, it's different probably from what people are expecting, but I don't know, I think it's... I think it's really sweet. I think it's really beautiful. So yeah. that fills me with nothing but hope, not dread. I am not trending to the side of pessimism. I am fully in the optimistic clown makeup for that one. I mean, for episode eight, yes. Seven, I don't know. Oh I, my I'm God, I'm used sir. to a series where things look pretty bleak until the last episode and then things turn for the better. You're a dirty whore because how do you forget episode seven of last of last series? Like in episode seven of last series, we got wide awake. We got no, we hand did. sex. We got bug sex. We got jealous Eve, anxious Eve. Like there's, uh, so I well, can't I, when I, the penultimate episode, none of these penultimate episodes have disappointed me. Not series one. And that's before we get the ultimate confrontation and Villanelle has just escaped from jail. She's doing all that stuff with Constantine. And then series two, Obviously, I just said bug sex, hand sex, all the sex, and we are to series three. So they gotta level up. They gotta level up. Like Ciara said, level up, level up, level up, level up, level up. Might I politely highlight episode seven of Gentleman Jack, where that's not even relevant. Okay, but do you see how you just highlighted episode? No, 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 no. No, you can't reference Gentleman Jack. It's not appropriate and it's not relevant. Okay. Because Killing Eve has been following a formula for two series that it broke in this third series. But right. I just don't see how you can compare Gentleman Jack, right, a I real life story <laughs> that has a real life happy ending. Real life, there is no guarantee of anything happy for Villain Eve yet. We have hopes, we have wishes, but at least with Gentleman Jack, you're like, these fucking hoes end up together, okay? Right. And they get married. There is no confusion about what you're getting. The journey, the journey is fraught. It oh is fraught with gay drama, but the journey <laughs> you know that you get, that you get to the promised land uh, of Sappho where she blesses the happy unions Yes, so of wives. So, great. And if Sappho wants to just point some of those blessings over into this project, just so that my episode seven is a happy Man, one. Man, you might got Lilith. You might got Lilith. She has a different level. <laughs> She's like, I might make you happy. I might make you angry. Maybe both at the same time, right. bitch. I don't know. Right. TBD. TBD. Uh, so I'll uh, cover this Uproxx article that Owen McDonald uh, was able to do on top of the AMA. And this is a shorter version of the Q&A, but it's with um, 
a lot more levity, which is what I enjoyed. So the first cool. question is, well, Nico's looking very alive right now. So uh, congratulations on that. And he says, yes. Funny that he could survive a pitchfork, huh? Response. It seems that like on any show, an actor should be prepared for their character's demise. But especially on a show like Killing Eve, you wouldn't be surprised to see Nico go, right? His response. Yeah. Uh, I think with Nico being married to Eve and with Eve's obsession with Villanelle, he's very lucky to have made it this far in every case. Uh, next question. Were you shocked that he survived this type of injury, though? The response. I, I was a bit because we get the scripts in two episode blocks. So I read the end of the fourth episode and I thought, oh, he's dead. <laughs> and then when I got to read through, the producer said, no, 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 he survives. And I thought that was impossible. <laughs> well, he's speaking the truth. He's speaking the truth. So, so it was very weird. Um, I was very sure they'd kill him. I was sure that they'd kill him finally, and I was okay with that. But no. <laughs> And who knows Us too, what- <laughs> Owen. Sorry. And who knows what the future holds for him? Bitch, Next question. <laughs> someplace else that has nothing to do with Eve Pilastri, I hope. Right. Uh, next question. Uh, one thing I found striking about the pitchfork scene, well, other than the sudden blood force trauma that we're talking about, <laughs> is that you sudden, got pitchforked indeed. by a real life dame, Harriet Walter. Did you guys just launch into action when you rehearsed? His response, yeah, we rehearsed it before, but not so much because we wanted it to be fresh. <laughs> so when you see it for the first time, she was, well, you saw Hadasha Harriet stabbed him in the neck. I think she enjoyed it. Oh, yes. <laughs> she got vicious with that pick fork, <laughs> and I was genuinely in fear of my life. She was really into it. Okay, but vicious enough because she ain't twist, though. She did not twist. She tried to run around the back of the barn, and I had my back to where she was. And I thought that she'd better give me a signal before she thrust the pitchfork, so... Yeah, it was terrifying. Just terrifying. Uh, their question, Harriet, is so brutally good and so funny as Dasha. His response, yeah, yes, she's fabulous. Their question, after all Nico's been through, were you in any way proud of him for telling Eve to piss off forever? Uh, he laughs and says he tried to say it in so many nice ways in the past episode. He and the really previous did. <laughs> Yo, you speaking the truth here, Owen? But you're not really alone. Are you? Are you? Are you, bitch? I mean, let's just talk about the fact that she fucking knocked that motherfucker out. Domestic whole ass violence. And at the end of it, he was like, well, okay, babe, maybe we could just just get a popper, have some tea and just relax and just kind of forget the uh, domestic violence I just endured from you. I can't. And she was like, I got I, I got work. work. I got a work thing. Sorry. <laughs> And going to Poland should have been enough. Yeah, he's just in a space where he can't keep doing this. He needs to break all ties with Eve, his job, his colleagues, and his friends, and see if there's a possibility of having some future happiness after all of the business with Gemma, Eve, and Villanelle. I think he's starting to see that he's had a lot of thinking time at the start of Series 3, and after the pitchfork, he's trying to be as clear as possible that he does not want to be anywhere near his wife. He can't make her go away. So it's a very stark request. Uh, their next uh, question. He did answer a few of her text messages before Dasha swiped his phone and delivered the Poland invite. Uh, did he really want to talk to Eve at all? I don't know where that came from. Lord, <laughs> Lord, Lord, Lord. Anyways. Well, I think he really loves her. And if he was given the chance to still be married to Eve pre-Villanelle, he would take it at the drop of a hat. He can't be with her when she's in the grip of this obsession. He no longer trusts her because she's unable to let go. So I think that, yes, part of him would love for them to be together, but they're not breaking up because she had an affair. 
They're breaking up because he doesn't feel that she can keep him or herself safe. And she will always put their lives at risk because of Villanelle and because of her obsession. So it's a split wow. base upon self-preservation more than falling out of love with someone. Well, <laughs> well, listen, what he's essentially saying is that Eve has that thing. She has the, the stuff. And uh -huh. I, I do believe that. Just ask Philanel mm -hmm. that he can't get over her. It's literal self-preservation. And that makes sense. And I can now picture in fan fiction his pappy and his relatives being like, yo, you still you still thinking about Eve? And he's like, but her hair. But like, right. Like, like you don't even understand, bro. <laughs> and I would agree. They don't understand. It makes me think though. of the song by Bill Withers called Use Me. Where it's like, oh, brother, my God. if you only knew, you would wish you were in my shoes. Okay. <laughs> so Eve's going to just keep on using me until she uses me up. Okay. That's, that's just what's going no, on. No, you right. Um, um, Lord. No, that's the whole thing. <laughs> because how's that start? My friends keep trying to tell me like it's their duty that this bitch is wrong. Right. And this is literally Nico Palastri because according from what they're saying with the whole happy that this is something that multiple people have been telling him and he's just been like, no, 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 no. no you don't understand. She hasn't put it on me often. It's like now we're down to like once every three months. But when but, she does, right, daddy, right. when she does, right. it brings tears to my eyes. I literally do cry after my O, oh, sir. Like we does had she get her O, oh, Nico? Well, I, I, well, I can't. I can't be sure. I of mean, that, I'm not awake. Right. Actually. Exactly. <laughs> it's like I don't know. I like she puts me out, and and I'm in a coma for at least 36 hours. If you have a wife that only has to put it on ya quarterly, and you still you still there? That's the magic, magicum. I see. Every time a dirty joke is about to come out, I look to the window and I see how bright the sun is, and I'm like, that's right, why, bitch. Right. That's why. Good Lord. But yes, Eve Balastri got that that juice, that base, that all that stuff that I keep saying that when Villanelle finally... Well, I was about to say Gorilla broken Grip. broken all she done. Whoa! <laughs> First of all, I'm disturbed that I have multiple analogies for Gorilla Grip and I'm disturbed at myself that I just came up with all those scenarios just quickly. Like you said it and there was pictures in my brain. Okay. But yeah, uh, another excellent article from Owen. He seems like he might be funny at a party or something with the kind of shit he'd be coming up with. Where, where am I? Wait. Oh, is it not done? No. Wait. I was projecting. I <laughs> Sorry. Wait. There's two. There's, there's uh, well, these are sentences. So one, two, three, four. That's not bad. That's not bad. That was me projecting because I was just too excited to talk about Eve's sexual jaunt. Ooh, because right. that's just, I mean, it's its a revelation. It's a muse. It's a fact. Mm, it, it, it's, it's a pillar. Fact. It's a pillar of the story. Anyway, please continue, good mm. sir. Uh, do you think in your heart that Eve... Do you think in your heart that Nico and Eve would have made it if Villanelle never materialized on the scene? Oh, my God! Oh, my God! <laughs> I ran away to get my drink, but no! 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 Another hoe would have come in and compromised whatever Nico thought he was going to have with this bitch. They have been together over a decade. Nico's response. <laughs> yeah, uh, they were together 12 years before Villanelle came along, and they were happy. Uh, they were at a point in their relationship where they absolutely loved each other and what? were in a very good marriage. But minute. but they were kind of I'm rejecting Mr. McDonald's <laughs> fan fiction here. I am rejecting it because there is no fucking way that you asked for a blowjob the way he fucking did where the spice is still in that relationship if it ever was. If it ever was. 11% is what I'm saying. <laughs> no, definitely the 11%. Definitely. The oh, mustache the didn't help. One day we should revisit for all of our new listeners who are probably hearing us say 93 and 11%. <gasps> and they don't know what the fuck we're talking oh, about. Oh, no. If I can find it before we finish the snack, I will play it through a little bit so people can know. But yes. Uh, let's see. Oh. 
but they were kind of not getting everything. <laughs> uh, they were at a point in their relationship where they absolutely loved each other and were in a very good marriage. But they were kind of not quite getting everything that the other person was doing. They were at a point where they needed to give each other a good shake and say, look, this relationship could go either way. What are we going to do? And I think they would have probably had that conversation and hopefully made efforts to be there for each other, to stimulate each other both equally, but that chasm grew wider and deeper. And that's the point where Villanelle came to their lives. It's like she just ran into those cracks in their relationship. Lord, uh, Lord. Um, if the cracks, uh, if the cracks are in the relationship have to do with O's, uh, and um, understanding the actual true desires of your wife. Is it really, is Villanelle to blame or is Nico to blame? Ooh. Is Villanelle to blame or is Nico to blame that she had to be like, you should try this with your wife? Ooh. Is it her fault or his fault that he didn't know she liked a little pain with her pleasure? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's a lot of truth. It's just, you know, I think the het relationships in this show, um, they they could use a bit of help. Because even if we go back to Kruger and his wife, he should have known his wife well enough to know how that bitch was going to act up and act out. If he was suddenly murdered and not rely on her to be the sole thing of getting your evidence out there, especially when, you know, she was going to be stuck, stuck in anxiety and terror because you were dead. So what's the lesson here? Heterosexuales, please get to know your partners right. better. better in the fictional world and hopefully in the real world as well. Like better than you know yourself if possible. I just feel like you know when you put in work that you can't say, Nico, he was in love, he was in love. She's filling out, she fell the holes in the cracks. They were boulder size holes. Okay. Yeah. They were chasms the size of a whole ass galaxy, but that's just me. That's just me. I'm sorry. Finish up this article with Owen. I just keep, you keep saying stuff and I keep wanting to run over. Can't even get my drink because I keep running back. <laughs> On this show, the gender stereotypes are flipped in multiple ways. And with what Nico deals with, do you worry that he suffers the brunt of, you know, that flip? Like an unintentional scapegoat effect? His response, I don't think he's a scapegoat. But as far as the gender flipping, a number of people have mentioned it to me. I really didn't see it like that going in. I just thought, this is a guy who really got a kick out of making his wife happy. And they were in a situation where she was the one who was more of the financial provider for a while. I also didn't see it like that, though. I can understand why people do. With regards to being a scapegoat, I think it's more of anyone whether they're male or female, and regardless of what role they fulfill in the marriage, ends up being way more obsessed with something other than the person that they're married to, that person's going to suffer. And Nico in the in and Nico is mentally and physically suffering. If anybody has an obsession that takes over their lives, it will do it to the detriment of the partner. I think that's one of the nice things about their relationship. Even though even though with what's happened is very extreme, uh, the writers try to make it so that everything in their relationship is recognizable. Uh, do you have any advice for Nico on how to handle life from here? Oh, run, Nico. <laughs> run. <laughs> uh, is there anywhere he can go and be safe? It's very good advice. I don't know, man. His life is such a mess and I don't know where he goes next. I thought he was going somewhere safe when he went to Poland, but God. <laughs> uh, but I do know that he's not a quitter. He's going to try, and what shape that takes, I really don't know. 
It would be nice if he actually ended up being the last one standing, though. Nice. His response? No. No. <laughs> he said, it no. would be nice, no. but I'm no. not sure that's going to happen. No. <laughs> like there's um, some big uh, uh, Barcelona standoff, and then, I don't know, everyone just goes down, and Nico's the last one in the hospital room. Oh. Nico needs everybody alive. Otherwise, why would MI6 continue to cover for the fact that Jim is dead? On his behalf, without anybody to answer to on payroll, without anybody. Lord, Carolyn's getting reamed by. So the gender Diana. thing, was that more so about Eve being the breadwinner or her yeah. being like an alpha personality? Uh, well, okay. a was mixture both? of both. Yeah. And where well, see, um, that's fucking annoying. Gender is a social construct. Right. And so he was like, well, I didn't read it like that, but I could get why people would. And men, right? And he said, and whoever the man or woman, whoever's focused on their, you know, inadequacies from a social construct standpoint, those are the people who are carrying that burden and not their partners. So they're going to be carrying that weight and making themselves even more bitter or miserable. For no well, sure, reason. it's the concept of not talking to your partner about what is on your mind and what is bothering you or what makes you feel away so that you can work through it or just like come to a place where right. it's no longer festering. Right. Which is why he was like, Nico was suffering. Because, yes, there's a lot of. I feel like that that's Nico- an incel opinion. If you're like, was he really I being agree. the man of the household? Like, that's some incel fucking shit. What does it even mean to be man of the house? Because I feel like I, every time I hear that other shit, king of the castle, I literally like the immediate violence that wants to come out of me when men just, espouse well, well, the those types of theories. Where's the castle, King? Where's your um? Wh- wh- where's your seal? Listen, where's sir, your crest? I once your was banner? grounded. I once was grounded for two months because my daddy. He said something like that to me as a young child, and I, you could imagine the mm-hmm. jaunt that came out. Mm-hmm. And well, I really did not see my friends outside <laughs> for a minute. But I was like, King of what castle? Oop. Essentially, and well. All right. Well, that was the Uproxx article. Owen McDonald. So what do we have next in the revelations? Oh, I guess I had this quick revelation since it was really about Nico and that's where we've been in these damn revelations. Just like poor Nico, six months in an institution just to get stabbed in the neck. (laughs) A week out and to spend probably another six months in rehab. If I had to guess with reality that Nico should not be able to speak normally or not use his little thing to communicate for several months in which he is still recovering his esophagus is healing and closing and even then i would imagine there's physical therapy perhaps speech therapy depending on what exactly has been marred and i'm just like wow so it's gonna take this bitch a whole fucking year to really even get to a place where maybe he doesn't think about eve palastri every second like i think it'll take a while for it not to be like every five to ten minutes but maybe he'll be able to move past every second after 2021 because Eve is fucked up for that because I mean that's that's the irony of the show and why I said they were trolling us from the start about Kenny and Nico is because literally he has that situation with Gemma he's locked in a storage locker he's chewing on toes for two weeks potentially he loses Mm -hmm. his fucking mind as he sees Gemma rot rot slowly every day in front of his face he gets out and my sex is like listen bitch it's all a lie Okay, so don't even try to tell nobody. Okay, sign this NDA, keep these secrets, and if you don't, we're gonna kill you, and no one's gonna believe you. I don't know if they said that, but I believe that he believed it. Oh, oh yeah, I believe he. Believed he was it. like, if y'all don't kill me, Vilnel's gonna kill me, and so he had to go to that place in which they house people because they can't be outside because their brains are doing a thing. And then he was there for six months. He was visiting, probably making the recovery go slower, whether she liked it or not. He gets out. He's like, fuck it, I'm gonna go to Poland. I'm gonna go. I'm not gonna tell this bitch. He's there. He is delivering bread. He is saying hi to chickens, hi to his babushka. He's taking selfies by the road. And he's like, finally, I think maybe a future. And literally the next day, Eve shows up. And as he lays eyes upon her lovely face, the pitchfork. Ah! 
I mean, that's what you call physical trauma, where I feel like just her face or yes. the thought of her should create some sort yes. of like shaking or like panic attack, whatever, hyperventilation. So I, this revelation is just like, poor Nico, bro. Like he is in, he is in a shitty situation. And the fact that Eve still had that like effortless looking like face of bliss, like it's gonna be fine. really should show you guys how dark this bitch is, truly. Because you can't go through what a Nico does and have the kind of face that Sandra O conjured for Eve and not be a total dick. You know what I mean? And Masandras, because that's not, that's not right. That's not right to him. That's not right to his, his pappy or anyone in his family. And Eve had zero fucks. Zero, zero, True. zero fucks. And might I add, nothing. Not a balloon. <laughs> A piece of flour, a card, she a had, chocolate. Well, okay, I'm that would be unfair. That would be unfair. Don't bring him chocolate. <laughs> Don't bring him chocolate. But you could have brought him a Febreze thing. To... <laughs> she had a, I'm going to find out who's responsible. And I promise. <laughs> and he was like, so basically you're going to go back to hunting for your girlfriend, uh -huh. which is what you've been doing. Bitch, uh -huh. get the fuck out. Right. Get out. But he couldn't say it. So he was like, right. Let me type this shit. You know what? How how long do you think until he gets his um his his uh, vocoder? Or whatever it's called. We, you know, the... Well, it depends. It depends if he has a path towards recovery. If he has a path towards recovery and, you know, his vocal cords repairing, then there's no reason necessarily for anyone to do anything but temporary with, like, the pads. When I was a camp counselor, I had some kids who are, I told you, were disabled. And so I had two of them that used that typing mechanism. So I think if it was a permanent issue, maybe. But either way, he could just, like, point to stuff like he was doing or write things down. It's not the most speedy way, but it is a way. Yeah. Oh, uh, and then for my final revelation, um, I found a hilarious thread on Reddit uh, who made a connection between Villanelle and her joyride with Irina with the Helene interaction that she has in the beginning of the episode while she's on the phone with her daughter. So you were telling me because... You know, I'm I'm playing on Duolingo, but my French is not all the way up to par. But that when you heard Manu, 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 Manu mm -hmm. that you already knew what they just were referencing. Right. <laughs> right. So, I mean, me rewatching the scene and watching her like just sort of pass Right. I the totally area. forgot to like <laughs> impart that to you. Apologies, sir. So someone was nice enough to do a full translation. I mean, it was ultimately translated already on screen, but the <laughs> first phone call... <laughs> is broken down as her explaining as she's walking into the room i'm sorry that you fell from your scooter honey but granny said it's not that serious and her daughter cries and says mommy i hurt my pee, -pee. listen <laughs> ladies ladies <laughs> ladies who have oh, played no. sports or been outside jaunting a little too hard if you have fallen upon your nethers, yeah, nethers yeah. um it hurts <laughs> it hurts that's it and so she said, well, do you want to put some ice on it? It's just like, no, I want to. No, I'm with the little girl. No, I don't want to put ice on it. And then she says, well, so then look, yes, you're going to ask Granny to go fetch an ice cube. She's mm -mm. going to put it in a towel. Chill. And she's going to put it on your pee-pee. You'll see. It's nah. going to do some good. No, thank you. <laughs> okay, so now Mommy has to hang up because she's working. And it's like, okay, we'll talk in the show time. Talk to you soon, honey. And I'm like, mm. would you ice your nethers? Mm. I just feel like that shit is no, really hard. That just sounds terrible. It's really bad. And That's... I'm just bad with ice in general. And so I don't know if this is my other bias coming out where I could have the biggest knot after I injure myself. And people are like, can't ice that shit. And I'm like, I don't I want to because right. it's going to make me cold. No, that's it. I don't like to be cold. And when you ice stuff, like the chill comes inside of you, basically. So no. But also, I don't feel like that that's, I don't. 
No. That put me in the mind of peppermint soap. It what just if you don't forever don't. injure something? Like, what if the ice stays? Because you know how ice could stay on a thing too long. Oh, it And could. I just feel like the risk, you know, the margin of error for the nethers and the nerve endings down there. Right. No, thank you. Right. No, thank you. Oof. Oh, and then the second phone conversation, and then her mom. <laughs> and she goes, Mom, I don't have time now. But she's doing it to be taken care of. It's just to get our attention. You put a little cream on it, and it's going to calm her. Yes. See you soon. The cream? <laughs> I, I said, what is going on? What just, kind of cream? I think that these are like distractions to where the actual relief is just going to be from time. Because time will eventually make oh, you Oh, so you mean like a placebo so effect? Like yeah. I'm pretending that this lotion will help you and because you think it will, it will. Right. Mm. And so mm. it's more moments since the time of impact or whatever. And so I suppose it's that. so removed that yeah. things are dissipating and you think it's because of what I'm doing. Eh, but the connection being that when uh, Irina and Villanelle were in the car speeding, she's like, oh, you know, uh, <laughs> you're going to have to do all of that upkeep where she was talking about like waxing or. Again, like, that scene was very strange to me. So I still haven't fully made sense of it. And maybe I just misinterpreted some stuff. But I just don't know why you speak of waxing anything with some child that is definitely under 17 like 16 could be something because realistically i feel like i experimented with that around that age for the first time but still i'm just like why is this conversation happening like no, arena has someone checking out her nethers no 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 because why why she you know she doesn't want to look like a 12 year old girl so maybe she i like to see that progressive feminism already from right Lizzie right Edina. although again I'm, I'm 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 upset that she is having those conversations at her age i just not true but at the same time i suppose that's where we are in the world so i don't i don't know which is why parents got to be all up in the shit so that your kids aren't learning everything about sex from the internet but when your parents when you are a parent and you are newly in love i guess do you have time for your child i mean i don't know I I say yes. I unfortunately had several several gaucheries gaucheries with my mother and my step parents, and that that's around 14, 13, 14, 15, when there is potentially an awareness that you are being sexually active to some degree. Like I, it was horrible for me and my cousin. The people like just straight up oral sex. Let's talk about it. And you're like whoa 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 whoa. And one of these women was a pastor. She was like, I want to talk to you, girls. And I was like, this is uh, 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 I don't um, excuse uh, uh, me. I don't need uh, to talk about any of the oral sex with y'all. Crack it, crack it, crack it. And then they're like, well, let me tell you about when I did my first. And you're like, no, 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 um, Gord, Gord, police, what? police. Right. And you're like, my mom sent me here. She wanted me to have this conversation. And my mom straight up asked me too, like she saw I had a book. And you know what? You know this. I like to learn. I like to be right. informed about right. what skills I can achieve to make life and the world a better place. And so my mom found some of these um, paraphernalia. And so in that moment, she was like, oh, I see. Oh, oh, I see. And so she just came right out. She's right out, right out. She was like, what are you doing sexually? I did these things. I did this at 16. Let's have this conversation. And it was horrible for me. But in retrospect, breaking those barriers with my mom and my aunties and people quickly, quickly was good. Because then it wasn't like, I feel like I had less to explain when I came in the house at 4 a.m. And she was like, Candace, why? And I was like, you know why? No, <laughs> I just, I didn't say that. That's a lie. I would never say that to my mother. I feel like I implied it with my look, but I did not say it. I did not. <laughs> that would have been a really bad idea. Yeah, that, really no, bad idea. No, you know no, why, no, mother. No. She's like, what? Not I. <laughs> not I. No, <laughs> no. That wraps up Revelations on my end on that jaunt. Yeah, no. Okay. I Cool. Um, I just had some minor, some small revelations, additional revelations before we get to the clips 
for this week, but one of them was just noting the last time that Villanelle was stabbed successfully in a way that hurt her for a moment, even though we think Killing Eve Science will have Villanelle, judging from the previews, using her arm. Using her arm and her bicep, uh, right? like it's not a problem. In the next episode, I just want to point out the last time Villanelle was stabbed, she was also emotionally compromised and it was by Eve. She was not ready for it. She was not paying attention. She was not 100% in terms of right. like, you know, I really liked you. Right. But yeah, that's it. The Villanelle probably should stay off the job and not take the job. If she's feeling something, period. But that's it. That was that small revelation there. Mm. Next quick revelation was, and it's really just straight up to the point, they got Geraldine fucked up. I really came into the series with high, high hopes for Gemma Whalen. I started out musing that she was an MI6 agent or an assassin. I started thinking about how the sapphic winds might blow through her hair. But what they've decided to do, you guys, is give her the most disturbing heterosexual pairing of the series. She is a woman pining, pining for daddy Constantine, who is playing her, which is even worse than just having the relationship. She is being played by Constantine. She's being used by Constantine. And even more disturbing is the desperation in her face in the preview and that horrible dress. Maybe it's not a horrible dress, but I feel, I feel like it's just the whole, the whole vibe that she's communicating in that scene with Constantine, the way her hair is done up and the dress she's wearing. I just hate every bit of it. And so, yeah, that's my revelation is they got Geraldine slash Gemma Whalen fucked up in series three of Killing Eve. I don't know the point. I don't know the why. I don't know what will come of it. And if Carolyn is throwing her vase because she finds out that Geraldine dropped to her knees for Constantine, I get it. I get it. It's all about choices, Geraldine. It's all about choices. And you've made the wrong ones. All of the ones that could be made that were wrong, you made all of those things. I can't. I mean, it's possible, but I just don't want to put my brain power in that avenue like i would rather she asked for a why's and how comes and he's like no i gave this to you to trick you it's actually a bug like <laughs> oh dear or her crying to carolyn and then carolyn leveling and i can't use that phrase with carolyn she's already she's, she's already pretty cattled. leveled she's right. pretty leveled she is pretty she, leveled so i mean you you ready for another drive constantine like oh no no <laughs> he's like no no no, no. no fuck, fuck that bitch fuck that bitch and the last revelation I had here, if anyone was curious, the series finale for Killing Eve was just delivered by Sigentle Films and everyone who works on the post teams, including Hackenbacker Studio, Flying Color, and a few others. And so if anyone thought that any finished products or scenes or anything from the finale was circulating, evidently that is not the case. That's not to say that the ballroom scene and the clip we've seen from that original sort of like behind the scenes thing that we were getting earlier in the series is not from the series finale, because I do think it is. It's just probably like they knew this scene is going to be important. Let's include this one piece of clip. So it's there, but obviously the crafting of the scene, of the various scenes, was not done until literally this week, midweek, a week and a half, if that, prior to the finale airing on TV and everyone working under some really shite conditions when it comes to finishing the post on anything. Like, you need your people. You need to be able to source. A lot of times it helps to be in person. And so if these yeah. motherfuckers were telecommuting and on Skype or Zoom or whatever, trying to figure out, we'll change that color. We'll put in that scene. Well, can I see the other? Where are the dailies from there? Oh, okay, you know what? All right. Okay. So I'm sure it was a stressful situation, but they accomplished it. They seem to be proud of it and we can't wait to see it. So there's a little note that if y'all thought they were done, they weren't. So maybe they put an extra five minutes to Eve. Maybe mm. they saw the where's Eve and they were like, bitch, mm. could, you, could you get that piece? I know we said it's not necessary. I know she's just staring at the ground, but put it in. Put it in. Put it in for the fans. And I would take that scene of Eve staring at the ground. 
Right. Oh, you know what that made me think of with the Where is Eve? The fact that there were a lot of people calling for, they were calling for Eve, or at least minutes for Eve. Like, um, there was an article in Mirror, yes. And they were like, killing Eve. Oh, yeah, that's right. Fans that's were asking, on that. where is Eve? And they were blasting everyone for the lack of Sandra O oh scenes. So... Let's see. Well, I mean, kudos to the fandom in general right. because that article only exists because enough fans and watchers expressed their discontent with like the lack of Eve scenes in this past episode. And really, all series. We heard things, we read things, we didn't think all those things were true, but they are. And so while it has nothing to do with the quality that Sandra O oh is handing in, because like I said earlier today, there's not a single scene or line you can cut from Sandra O. Oh. Like none of it is waste. It is all used. And she is making sure that she is making the best time of every fucking second she has on screen. I'm simply saying that I could stand for some more. Eve right. Ministry. I mean, especially coming out of the heels of like the solo episode that we all uh, got to experience where there was like, we need this time to be able to dive and dig into this character's motivations. I mean, well, the show is named after Eve Pilastri, but if you were to tell us to identify, you know, uh, without, you know, question the motivations of the main character of the show, we couldn't do that. We didn't, we don't have enough to work with. Why is she still homeless? Like we, there's so many questions in regards to Eve Halashi that we still don't have answered. That's not entirely true because the difference is versus what questions have been answered versus what is canon. So that's what I keep saying about exposition. I've been musing and theorizing about what I see or think or feel about Eve for two fucking years. That's not the issue. The issue is fucking writers in the show co-signing things I've already thought or felt that could happen. That is my concern where we are. Where is the co-sign co of Eve? So I can still muse to my heart's content and will in the musings about where I think it's going. It's just I need to not live in just my head. I would like to also see it validated by very obvious, obvious text versus me doing what we do, which is muse and say, well, we see this and look at these scenes Sandra is serving. And so this is what feels implied, but it's not actual text. And so then it is subjective because we've read reviews. We've seen what other people think about the show from episode to episode. And it's always a wide variety it of is thoughts. Wide. So some things need to be fucking said straight up for the whole watching base, the whole audience to be on the same fucking page. Well, and then that ultimately is what the article calls up. It points out choice tweets. But if you ever just visit the Twitter ever and you look at any Killing Eve post, you will see that they are definitely oh, yeah, bombarded by random, uh, probably even people who just fished out accounts that they haven't used since whenever, created accounts just literally to go under the post to say, where is Eve? Well, there's a lot of everyday stance. And to be fair, the Killing Eve account exacerbated the issue on their own because I feel like, I don't know what day it was. It might have been the day after we posted the recap that I started noticing the, the Where is Eve. And they were still posting, in terms of the ratio, more promos featuring either primarily Villanelle or another cast member. And I'm like, well, that seems inflammatory. Like, if you see people in there, I'm just going to say the Killing Eve intern missed it. Like, they were busy. They were doing other stuff. And they just didn't look at the replies because that's what exacerbated the excessiveness, I feel like, from the fandom is the fact that that sentiment was out there and the interns or whoever wants social media account missed it, missed it was still like, here's three more Villanelle clips and it just lit what was left on fire <laughs> and then I went back and checked it. Like, it was just, where's Eve, where's Eve, where's Eve? And then when they ended up posting about 
Owen McDonald's AMA, <laughs> they, they edited that to be like, where's Eve, where's Eve, where's Eve? So fucking, you haven't even read the article. All I can say is, is that I just, um, well, I've already expressed my own concerns in the last recap, but I'll just say that this kind of stuff pleases me because at the end of the day, I don't, you know, I'm quite sure that especially from every article that we get from Sandra Oh, that she doesn't feel away and that the character of Eve is so, especially, you know, if we go with Dark Eve, is so interesting and such a wonderful arc that I'm sure she's just having a great time, especially writing her probably many thesis papers on what Eve is doing from episode to episode that she probably has a different opinion, but that I'm also curious about her ability to advocate for herself, especially because as far as I'm aware, she's like one, if not the primary person of color who is not just on set in front of the camera, but behind the camera. So there's Ooh, different things about what yeah. you could say or what you could do or what you could express without potentially causing a problem. So I am happy that the, the audience has responded to say, hey, while we love this show, while what's going on, we also really, really love Eve. She is the titular character of the show. We would like to see more of her. And in case you weren't sure, in case you thought this was okay, let us let you know, because then that's not, that's not Sandra doing the work. That's potentially Sandra waking up and be like, oh, wow. And that's something that would just make her feel good. So right. there are my fans or people watching the show and they wish they could see me more. That's fucking fantastic. Without having to make it weird or potentially awkward or whatever. It's the audience saying we want more of this. And hopefully, hopefully it has gotten across. Hopefully Laura is in the hashtag being all incognito. So, right. And she's like, well, one thing I won't do, bitch. What I won't do, bitch, <laughs> is right less for Sandra Oh, because I'm not trying to have it. So ultimately, I'm just saying that I think it's great that people are responding with what they prefer to see or what they don't like so that if people miss this or they thought it wasn't a big deal, that they actually see it as a big deal. That actually an additional five minutes is huge. I mean, we only used all the promos with the other characters because there's so many scenes of that other character in the episodes that we're referencing. Well, hello, that that seems like the crux of what is the But that's the not matter? even true. That's not true because the Dasha bowling scene was very good and clips were not showing up immediately of that scene and so it's just a matter of making sure that all the way down the chain that whoever's responsible for doing whatever is aware of like a certain type of equity in terms of like what the audience is actually looking for we're not just looking for one character we're not just looking for villanelle or carolyn or constantine we're looking for them all but primarily the two bitches and then i would say carolyn is hovering on the third because i always want to see fiona shaw but it's like it's villain eve and then carolyn the big sapphic mom boss on top watcher on top and then everyone else is um it's like dressing it's extra right. i enjoy Constantine and Adina and all the rest and whatever, but I'm not here primarily for them. So yeah, just reminding the show of like, hey, this is where your star power is. I don't see how that's a bad thing. You know, there was like Emerald Snow, Phoebe. Well, well, I, I mean, everyone is everybody. Everyone right. is who they are, and Emerald everyone's got different Emerald, flavors right. and things. And Emerald, she did her thing, despite all the criticisms people had for Villain Eve being together. Weren't they though? Oh, for right. like a whole half of the season, they, they hung out from the they middle sure of the did. season on, from episode five to the end, there? they hung out. So we could say whatever the fuck we want about. I wish they just would have banged in a limo. Of course. And you can't convince me that they didn't, which is okay. what leads to issues with them. But Eve, again, until someone says, open. we just found out that Carolyn, okay, she offered Villanelle a job. That's what she's doing. But there are other things that are still left out Lingering, there. And covering, so until right? someone decides to write that they definitely did not have a sapphic session in the car on the way to the Forest of Dean, that two and a half hour trip to where the ghost was staying in the locker, I'm just going to fill in the blanks of what might happen with two hosts with that much sexual tension happening in a locked closed space would you like that's to all. watch <laughs> see that sounds really really dirty and i think you brought this up before and i was like 
Seth. And of course, you know, Eve was like, yes. Mm -hmm. Given what she said to Hugo, what do you like more? To be watched by her? Or being watched. Or being watched. She was like, Beth. Both. So I think we decided to, in actually episode seven of series two, that Eve was the type of bitch, just like Villanelle, to have mirrors on the ceiling. You like to watch and be watched. Well, there you go. Yep. Surround yourself with reflective surfaces uh, and you'll never run out of content. Right. No, no, no. I was <laughs> to about to watch. say the bank. Right. The bank is right. Yes. It will be there. Right. All right. Well, let's get into these clips that are sneak peeks and whatnot for the next episode. This first clip is a sneak peek from Villanelle and the Lady in Red. Now, I initially thought that this could be the Lady in Red's crib, which I suppose it still could be. But I did notice that there was like a thing that definitely didn't look like it was real technology. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but it looked like a hand scan unit that the Lady in Red puts her hand in. So like it's a special room. And so now I'm wondering if this is like a, an enclave, a hideout of the 12 or just one of their buildings that they have that they source like NYU, or I guess that reference is not relevant to anyone who doesn't live in New York, but oh, right. gosh, they acquire real estate like some bastards. All right, let me pull it up and then we will talk about it. Open up on Villanelle in this room with lots of armor. Looking around like the fuck? <laughs> She's like, bitch, why is you looking at me? <laughs> His head does seem to be turned in that direction, which is interesting. It's probably a nanny cam in there. Oh, you're the lady in red. She kept you waiting because that's what bosses do, Villanelle. They can't the see you right away. really stirring with me. It's like when Carolyn's other boss kept her waiting in oh, series right? two. This is a very big room. Very this tall is ceilings. Rianne. Who are you, Rianne? Hi, Rianne. Uh, you're too jolly with that shit. Nice collection. I'm skeptical about Rianne. What are you doing? Working out how I'd kill you. I thought killing wasn't really your thing at Ooh. the moment. You want to test that theory? You're only wow. as good as your last. Ooh! Shade, shade, shade. Go on, tell me. How would you do it? I don't know yet, but it would definitely involve the tiny chair. <laughs> ah! Okay, so... Why is the that chair is, so small? That's the point. Villanelle's like, I don't know why the chair is so small, but I will use it in a murder because I feel like this is what has grabbed my attention the most. And that is so Villanelle to be in a room full of antiquity. Old ass shit. A lot of interesting things to look at, but what stuck out most for her was that tiny fucking chair, which questions that need answers. Why is that chair smaller? Who was potentially a short person in this history of nights and stuff? And now I kind of want to know how Villanelle would kill her with that little chair. I would like to know how she fully thought through that situation with her ingenuity and imagination. Do you think that girl is going to end up being like a go-go type of girl what you're always trying to present side characters as if they're going to get some type of i don't know development i mean i keep i don't know if if this series has taught me anything it's that um someone's gonna get a spotlight or something first of all let me just make it very clear there's no one like gogo because that would be offensive to the character lucy Liu played that woman she played and also the character of gogo yabari because everything about her was uniquely her we cannot erase her asian ancestry because the way the bitch was wielding those weapons with her martial arts. So no, no, Rayanne from Britain cannot be Go-Go because Go-Go 
was a living, breathing weapon. Go-Go would take Villanelle inside of five goddamn seconds if it took her that fucking long. So no, Terrence, no. Rayanne with the bangs is not Go-Go with the bangs. Sorry, sorry. Where was her giggle? She didn't even smile. See, you know that a bitch is going to be scary when they give you that arena energy. When they do something fucked up and they smile and they giggle it. And you're like, why are you so smiley? Why can I see your teeth? So the way Rayanne was just chilling in the back trying to look serious, she's fronting. She's putting up a front. She's like, I need to look tough. I read this bitch's file. Villanelle is scary. So let me look scary. Now, if she was in a corner giggling at Villanelle, I'd be like, oh, she's Villanelle. You might want to pause. Take your time with this one because when you got a giggling bitch with weapons, watch out. I will just call your attention back to Callisto, another giggling bitch uh-huh. who was laughing when it was not appropriate. So once again, Rayanne with the stiff face and the bangs is not is not comparable to Gogo Yabari. She will have to earn that, and I don't think she will have the time. I hope Villanelle puts her on her ass violently, and uh, I get to watch. That's good TV. Villanelle putting any woman on their ass is good TV, but yes, especially if it is violently. And this girl who's supposed to be some fucking chaperone, potentially, given that it looks like her fucking face is in the frame with the infamous scene of Villanelle in the ballroom and what's happening there. Looks like she has a fucking chaperone. Looks like it's high school. It looks like she has a chaperone to the prom. And I say, can you and Eve X that bitch out the paint before you dance? Because what is this? Why is she there? Why is she watching? Why is she third wheeling it? What is going on? Yeah, I don't think that everything's going to stay stationary in that room. I think something is going to get wheeled. I mean, I don't know if it's going to meet or reach someone's flesh. I'm not saying that there's going to be blood, but everything is definitely not going to stay stationary in that room. Something's going to get drawn and pointed at somebody. Interesting. I don't know that it will be drawn and pointed then. I have a suspicion that the lady in red, given her massive L and sloppy kill that she did, that it seems to have gone all the way up the chain. It's like, bitch, you just became a keeper and you already fucking up that she potentially gets a playmate much like she got with Frank and Nadia, courtesy of the lady in red to be like, actually, you need your training wheels back on. I need to make sure that when you go there, you execute so this bitch is coming with you. Because I just don't know why else she's with Villanelle in the frame unless she is assigned to keep watching this bitch. And considering what she revealed to Dasha and how she is carrying on, that might be something that's practical for the lady in red to do, to be like, well, you just need someone who is together to make sure the shit get done. To think of her as your subordinate, even though she's not. But think of her that way, <laughs> if that helps you. <laughs> And Rayanne's like, yeah, sure, I think of her that way. Think of me that way, if that helps you. So those are my ideas. I feel like that the lady in red is keenly aware of what Villanelle's stuff is. I think she read the file book to book, just like she memorized the turtlenecks. And so I think she's trying to work Villanelle the way a keeper would by what she perceives is workable. She is hugging up on her because she's like maternal stuff. She has been rejected. Let me try to fill the void. So maybe she's going to try to flirt. She's going to try to hug. She's going to try to do stuff. I do not think it will gel with Villanelle. Uh, There's no reason for her to trust her or be into her or anything like that beyond a potential fuck session. So I don't think that's going to work. But I think that's the lady in red's angle that she's like, okay, this bitch got a thing for the lady. So let me make sure I wear something tight and wear my heels. Also, let me make sure I drop the compliments, okay? Let me make sure to tell her she's wonderful, she's great, that I accept her. So I think that's her trying to be a better keeper than Dasha and potentially Constantine because she seems to be trying to play in to what she knows Villanelle needs. But I think that's creating the automatic also suspicion in Villanelle that she already has about the 12 to be like, why you all in my shit? Why are you trying to be nice to me? You just want to control me. That's solid. I mean... Either way, it's good television. All right. Well, let's go to the next clip. And this clip is between Constantine and Arina. And Arina appears to be in some sort of facility for violent juveniles. And I'm like, I thought y'all were running away. I thought you had a plan. Right. Why do you Look suddenly care about right. her killing? You could have did this in Cuba. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't even know why they're bringing their problems to Cuba, but that's just me personally. All right, so here is the clip. Oh my. This place is amazing. See, already the misandrist rises. It's a shank made out of a toothbrush. Don't take anything from Constantine, anyone. give her back her shank. She might need Don't it. Don't make eye contact with anyone. If someone tries to talk to you, walk away. <laughs> OD. Look at this bitch don't got the time. Oh. What are you doing? You're trying to talk to me. Don't wonder, love. <laughs> there are children here who would kill you and wear your skin as pashmina. Well, oh my God, Dad. I know what you're trying to do. Your performance is way over the top. You're like up here when you need to be You need here. to be down here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bring it down. You know, you should read some Stanislavski. <laughs> I'm not acting. Exactly. You're overacting. You need to mobilize your subconscious. She said, bitch, get it Don't together. Hold this down a little. It's too much. Constantine, how's it feel to have Listen your child to be so much smarter than you? I am leaving you here. No, you're not. No, what? you're trying to scare me. What? Standard parent crap. Mm -hmm. You're doing the whole, if you don't stop running over your mother's boyfriends, look where you'll end up. <laughs> Shtick. Well. You're so transparent. You haven't been so damn stupid. We both be lying on a beach right now. Okay, but who was the not intelligent one, Constantine? Right, you or her? You, like the whole reason you got to run to a beach, bitch, is because of you. Right. The whole reason this whole situation is going down right. is because of you and your shitty planning, right. which Janina called of, you on right. the previous exactly. episode. So yeah, she's a killer, but who cares? You be dealing with killers, Constantine, and this is, I mean. I'm hoping that Irina adds a drag in there somewhere while she's also talking to Constantine. I mean, she was already like stringing him along, but I need more of like her bringing to his attention. You know, the only reason why we're going to Cuba is because you are being so responsible with the way you're, you know, thinking that you can outsmart all these organizations or whatever she says, but just something where it's like, we're doing this for you and not for me. I mean, I like that, but I more so like the drag of, of like right and wrong because you have been employed by this agency and you've been doing stuff and you've been working at handling people like Villanelle for years and certainly Villanelle for the past two to three years. And so you can't come over here and pretend like you suddenly give a fuck about murder. Oh, you right. can't pretend like you suddenly, uh, it's gonna be harder for you to love me because I'm doing this when we already see that he has villains and love and a capacity for love and care and concern for Villanelle. And so it's like, you got a mini Villanelle, Constantine, and that's what you gotta deal with. Not only is Irina, um, potentially predisposed genetically to right. have this jaunt. You have then exposed her to your derelict fucking lifestyle and fucking Villanelle. And literally, literally early in the episode, she was like, you know what you could do when you're annoyed? Just kill that bitch. Just kill him. Just do it. And Irina was like, girl, that seems rash. And after she marinated on it <laughs> for a few hours, she was like, actually, you know this what? is exactly <laughs> what I need, a bitch. Huh? Girl, girl, you ain't said nothing but a word. I mean, he is just right there. I mean, I just got to put right the foot there. on Isn't the he pedal. so annoying? That's Look at how it. he's balding in the right. back. I hate him. And so she, she ran him over. And so I, I know some people find that very disturbing, including Constantine, evidently. But I'm like, bitch, don't you got stuff to do? That's why you're going to die. You out here taking time to take your little girl to see a therapist, as if that matters, as if that's going to save her or stop her. Either you're going to say, I am obligating you to live this horrible life, isolated, locked up in this place when it's really my fault that you're locked up in this place, or I can make the best of a situation. I can train you and direct your violence 
in a productive way. That would be the path I choose, especially for girls who just have a tendency towards violence. I'm like, we'll just steer them in the way that they need to go. Do we not have human trafficking problems? Do we not have human trafficking problems? Ah, there's plenty of dudes, plenty of dudes that need violence bestowed onto them by people who can do it, that it's not happening. It's not happening. We can't rely on the police. So we need Adina's. Adina's out there with zero fucks to give and take a bitch out. Okay, right. that was my advocacy <laughs> for once again, my misandrist vigilante club slash gang slash charity because we would be doing the Lord's work, Lilith's work. But yes. Well, here's hoping that um, Constantine does not try to play hardball and try to walk out with her still in that detention center because her getting out and maybe even leaving him. I mean, I'm pretty sure she will she will find a way to upright herself once she's independent. I feel like she's smart enough to know how to make it on her own and i feel like if people needed someone with her skills she has places to go she's intelligent so. <laughs> but she's naive and so well, yeah. that's what she got to be with kids like she's smart enough to do a job but she's too naive to be on her own and so i just still protect protect adina she is a minor she needs to be trained and taken care of i just don't see how constantine thinks he has a moral leg to stand on with her which is why she was laughing in his fucking face he has no moral legs to stand on zero constantine Anyway, okay, so let's go to wah, this last clip we have, which is Eve and Caroline at lunch, and it's potentially my favorite clip. I mean, I don't really know. I just know that the energy Eve has in this clip gives me so much life. The young person inspired. Don't complain. I've saved you. He's on She's like, here's some food, Eve. Villanelle has been promoted. Dasha told me as much. That should be our focus for now. Oh, dear. You don't deserve it after all. She's like, give me the fucking food. <laughs> I can't. Eve's face. Villanelle is rising up the ranks. She is our best chance of getting to them. Oh, Eve, what a blinkered approach. Do you ever think of anything else? No, ma'am. pretend that I'm the only one. You have your own thing going on with Villanelle. Okay. Oh, I know you yes, have a direct bitch. line. Bitch. Isn't it time you told me? What was it you said to her in that Bitch, it's time. It is yes. time. I offered to work and she refused. Hmm. Good for her. Your smile is way too I won't have my investigation tickled. derailed Eve. by your undiagnosed and, frankly, a little trying messiah complex. Wow, <laughs> I'm the one with the messiah complex. Only for Villanelle, though. Carolyn, Carolyn's like, I'm a coded book. I'm leaving. Information, intelligence gathering, to compile a comprehensive fine effects of despots, maniacs, and extremists in case we want I love to the way Carolyn just That's fucking do, closed her it? folder. I can't wear her. No, it might have been once, but not now. She is too cool. Not after everything that's happened, after everything we've lost. Mm. Eve, you do well to remember. Heroes only get the girl in Hollywood. But the wrong heroes get the girl in Hollywood. They usually, the wrong heroes usually get the girl in Hollywood. Carolyn. So this was a great scene. I love that Carolyn knows how to try to settle Eve. And it's honestly the same approach many friends use with me. They're like, I don't know, Candace feels a little prickly. She looks a little impatient. Has she eaten? <laughs> Let me get her a snack. <laughs> Let me just have it waiting for her. I mean, Terrence does that now. When he orders stuff, he's like, look, it's yep. a little happy mail right here for you. And so I feel like Carolyn was like, oh, I'm about to see Eve. Let me order her something. And she did. She was like, bitch, oh, you're here. Sit down. Here's a snack comes. I got this for you. And because Villanelle is the first thing out of her mouth, she's like, give me the, <laughs> give me the fuck. Right. Nope. You still, you, this is, this is still what you're doing? Oh. And honestly, I'm like, Carolyn, didn't you slowly slide? 
that picture out the envelope like it was literal fucking drugs. Like it was fucking liquid heroin. Isn't that what you did, Carolyn? Carolyn and now you're surprised that right. she's back to being obsessed with Villanelle. I think it was the, I think that should be our focus for now. And it's like, well, ooh, well. When uh, she says for now, I'm like, don't you mean always, Eve? <laughs> That's literally always your focus, Eve. Literally, that is what you do. And Carolyn pretending like she's sick of it. Like Eve isn't the only bitch to help you. Like Eve isn't the only bitch that's going to help you find what's going on with Kenny. Come on, Carolyn. That's why you was toe up from the flow up two episodes ago. Essentially begging Eve for her help while she sat there petulant as fuck. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Carolyn. And so I think it's funny. And I'm hoping that with this scene juxtaposition that we will have something else by the season finale where Carolyn has to completely eat crow, eat humble pie, drop some of that hubris and be like, okay, so here's the deal. I I do need you. I do need y'all bitches. Okay. But y'all bitches need me too. So why don't we just do it together and take the whole thing down? That is something that I will muse on a little bit more later, but that is generally where I am with the vibe. I I feel like all the bitches out here being stubborn and petulant and annoying. And by the end, they will begrudgingly unless you're Villanelle and Eve, be all working together. And I would just like the future of Carolyn being like, are y'all fucking again? I said we have to get this mission going. God damn it. Sorry, y'all, that's fan fiction. That's fan fiction. 